0: Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29 of Peach Troops podcast, where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm Kevin Schinard. I'm recording here with Glenn Willis on a Friday night after the Hawks win over the Hornets in Charlotte. Uh, Glenn, what, what did you see over the course of this game? Take it where you sure. want to go. <laughs> the, Horn- the Hornets
1: made the Hawks look like a normal basketball team. <laughs> That uh,
0: that was my takeaway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I commented on Twitter that it was hilarious to me to watch Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier and others taking three pointers. Before that, I, some of those possessions, I don't, I'm not sure the ball even got inside the three point line, while the Hawks are playing Frank Kaminsky at center. So that that's, that's a curious strategy to me. Um, and so I, you know, I felt like the Hornets didn't really challenge uh, the Hawks in the ways that you th- might think that uh, a normal NBA team would. So, you know, it's a win will help the mood, and the spirits. It's probably the most beneficial result here. It's just the Hawks need some, uh, something to help them feel good about themselves. I would think right now, just based upon the way the last few weeks have been going, um, you know, my Perspective on where they are right now. It's just they've got to gut out as many wins as they can until they get their normal, you know, rotation guys back. um So a win, a win helps, you know. Wasn't the most impressive win. Uh, I wasn't very impressed with how Charlotte, you know, tried to uh attack the Hawks or, or chose not to attack the Hawks, but a win helps. And hopefully it just takes a little bit of pressure off everyone. And hopefully that helps them feel like they can kind of push in a, in a positive direction a little bit more, more so.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel like Lamelo. I don't know if it was like a physical thing as he comes back. Like it didn't feel like he had a physical presence on the game. Like I don't recall like more than just a couple of drives. Like he didn't seem like he was taking it to the basket at all. I don't know if that's just because he's just getting back or whatnot. But I mean, it, his jump shot looks great, but it just it was it just felt like uh, they were out there slinging.
1: Yeah, and, and, I mean, he's one of the best passers in the league, no doubt about that, too. And and maybe it's just the thing where the team's been used to trying to create their own, you know, without him, you know, he's, he's such right. a good creator and such a good initiator. So, you know, Hawks maybe caught them at a time where it was Hayward's first game back in, in a while, too, you know, so, um, so you know, they, they were kind of integrating new pieces over there on their side and... They don't have the. I mean, I like Nick Rich. Some of the things that Nick Richards does, but you know, um, plump. You know, they they have a weird center situation. I'll say, you know, um, but yeah, they, the the win helps. I I continue to see Trey not force ISO. You know, I think I think that's maybe something that could have gone overlooked tonight. Um, you know, some unforced turnovers are still kind of strange. It seems like it's not at the same level it was in the Miami series last year, but there's still like three times a game. They'll try a pass that has no shot, which has just not been in his character really since his rookie season. Um, but I mean, the ball movement was better. You know, I thought the player movement on offense was better um, on defense. I don't really take anything necessarily positive way because like I said, the Hornets didn't really challenge their weaknesses at all. So um but I mean, you know, keep keep watching this team and see if the offense keeps running more constructive stuff, more, you know. You and I talked when Bogey kind coming back, that was gonna hopefully open the door to some more movement and things like that. And I think that's been true, you know. So um yeah. It's more fun to watch a win, you know, for Hawks fans <laughs> for sure. Um we gotta talk about
0: uh who got the the, the awards and we'll the, get the there. locker in we'll there. Okay. Um, with with Trey on offense, I think that he's helped a lot by the fact that you know Charlotte's Charlotte was playing his favorite kind of defense with uh, a lot of plumley and a deep drop, so he he got to his floater game early on, and I think that just gets him in a comfort zone. Uh, a lot of times, you know, if teams are doing something else, it, then and later in the game they switched up, they did more pressure, more more two on the ball. But early on, I think that just got him in a rhythm. You know, we've seen a lot of games where it just seems like he's dying to get to the free throw line early on. And I think the floaters just help take whatever pressure is off so that he could just play and, and and be his normal self and not try to press for whatever reason. Yeah. And also, especially the way the game got going early
1: down the middle floaters, that's his yes, real just sweet sure. spot, you know, and a lot, and I, To to the credit of other teams, they've been forcing him wider and wider, you know, for a lot of the season, which is a tougher angle for him, uh, especially with his size, it kind of cuts off, uh, you know, his preferred angles. But tonight, I think he got, felt like he got three or four in the first half that were like right down the middle, which is, you know, his favorite way to kind of get to a slowder for sure. And then I thought, as we have Frank played a lot... um, I thought his I thought he helped with spacing. I thought he kind of created a little bit more space inside. Now part of that is like the Hornets don't really have much interior defense anyway. Um, but Frank they play five out basically the whole time Frank is out. I mean, there was a few times like Hunter would duck in and post a, a bigger guy, and you know, most of the time it seemed like they had trouble getting the pass to him down there. And you know, like Hayward jumped a jumped a post entry pass at one point and someone I think Thor did another time. And stuff, but that that was really all you saw of guys trying to kind of um get uh inside, and you know, if I mean in a way, you know, Trey looked comfortable with the spacing that Frank you know Frank. I think he hit what two of his first three threes, I think. Yeah, and uh and that that and that, that has an impact, you know. So um you know, Frank playing every game in the rotation is, is not gonna set the Hawks up for success. No, um, but all you can really expect of any player is to uh, deliver from what skills they have. And tonight he did, you know, like on the defensive end, it was, they didn't go at him really, you know, in the way that you think they would, but offensively he good passes, good spacing screen and pop to the three point line. Those, that's what he can do. And so tonight he gave them, you know, he contributed from his skills and it it helped them a lot tonight.
0: Yeah. And you know, in addition to spacing, you know, they, they got a lot out of him just working from the elbow, you know, just, just letting players move around him and, you know, with him not being down in the paint and him being, you know, willing to sort of screen and pass from that elbow that they, you know, in the second half, they get a lot of just easy looks at the layup by, uh, you know, making the opponent's defense work long enough that somebody was open for a cut from the weak side on the other side of the floor. Yeah, I mean he's he's a really good passer, and he, he has a good hands, and you know, so it you know, Yeah, he I had the, one uh, where it was like a short roll pass, and he just kind of slung it one handed to the corner, and like the shot missed, and but it was like an absolutely perfect setup, like just one handed, barely looked, and like right in the shot po- pocket for a corner three. That was like okay, if, if if you can make that short roll pass on the move, that's pretty nice. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's funny. I think about um, a different player, but like oh, through the years, like Myers Leonard was the guy that would be out of the rotation for two months. That all of a sudden, like he would be in the rotation because they needed his short <laughs> role capability, and and they would punt a little bit of the defensive stuff, you know. And it, there are times when teams like, okay, we need someone who can do this for a while to help take the pressure off of our guard or or whatever. I wonder if like the rest of Frank's career is be one of those things where. He's kind of a, an offensive, uh, you know, um, life preserver to kind of like if 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 your other bigs are defensive oriented and don't have the best hands and stuff, you can throw him out for two or three minutes and kind of counter a, a team that's trapping or, you know, blitzing or or whatever, you know. He definitely has the skill set to do that. And there are times when the Hawks need that, you know, for sure. I, I feel like um, it, it's nice to kind of have that. Option as your third big in a way, it it kind of it, it kind of ruins things when one of your first two bigs are out, and you have to kind of move everyone up one slot because you know that Frank's just not ready to really do the defense. But like if JC were healthy and playing, I think it'd be more realistic to you know have Frank as an option, you know, when right. Trey's getting blitz and, and things like that. But with, without JC, it, it's next to impossible. Um, for regular rotation, you know, kind of minutes. But, hey, you know, Frank should feel good about the game he had tonight and did some good things, and he helped his team win.
0: I was laughing because, like, three weeks ago, when Frank had me pulling what is left of my hair out of the top of my skull, uh, I was wondering to myself, my God, what is Myers Leonard doing these days? (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was an odd coincidence that you brought him up. Um, Frank won the Defensive Player of the Game award. What did you think of that? Go, go off for the old guys. Um, <laughs> Seven defensive rebounds. Yeah, that, that's a that's about what I got. You
1: know, um, you know, he. I mean, and and it wasn't on his vert, verticality. He he fought for rebounds. Like he was yes. he was he was down there working and competing and being physical. You know. Yep. And and that especially at this at point in the game where Charlotte really, you know, got all the way back, you know, to even basically in that third quarter, he kind of went in and we never saw Nyika again. You know, uh, I I don't I mean I, did I, did we see him like late in the fourth? I don't think he got back in in the fourth quarter. I think I think by that time they went to Jalen at the five for the last you know garbage time or whatever. But right. but uh, I mean. We can talk about it in a minute, but I mean, I I I think he just kind of stabilized the rebounding through sheer effort, you know, and then that, that was important because that's the way Charlotte was staying in the game in, in the first half was second chance points, you know. Yeah, so
0: they finished with 14 offensive rebounds, Charlotte did, but, uh, you know, one one bugaboo while we're talking about Frank's defenses in the first half, uh, you know, they, they were there were multiple moves where Charlotte, you know, essentially tried to challenge Frank in the paint. They didn't really do anything at all to try to go around. It was just like a, a player driving down the middle of the paint. Frank kind of gets out in the charge position and it absorbs the blow with his body and like backs up two feet. And then the Charlotte player would just shoot. And it's like you, that, that doesn't work. Like you've either got to stand them up body wise and not get backed up or you got to fall down like that you know it wasn't like he was committing a foul and they were there i think one of them they actually called the foul on frank but like that's not going to work you've either just got to like be physical and you know make them feel you as they come into your body or you just got to go for the charge and then fall backward but to just kind of stand there and back up that's that's not going to be effective enough yeah I, yeah uh, i mean i, I it's not but, pleasant like the no. charge should still be a charge you're coming back from an injury or, or not? Too. But <laughs>
1: yeah, you're coming back from an injury, uh, you know, a bad That's injury true. too, you know. Uh, but I mean, you're you're in a real NBA game, so you got to do the real NBA stuff, you know. Yes, and you, do. you know, and like in and, in and J- like I mean, the the game was officiated strangely to me. Like they they would they called it, um you know, wait they called way too many fouls for my liking. I don't think it it favored one team or the other. I think it was pretty equal. You know, right. both teams were frustrated, seemed frustrated, but like even Jalen, like Jalen would kind of get there, but then he would like, yep, not totally square up and maybe kind of have have an elbow turn, or a shoulder turning or whatever, instead of just like, even if you're in a kind of awkward position, hold your, you know, hold your ground and you may get a call, but like Jalen was kind of trying to get there, but he was, he was like a, a quarter step late, like, several times, too, than and yep. then Ineca, Ineca was trying to do what he can do, which is help towards the ball screen, provide some support there, and he's having trouble kind of getting back, too. But I, I don't know if the game flow would have been a little bit differently if if the referees wouldn't have called such a tight game. It's, it's hard to know if it would have been a little bit more stable back there. But, I mean, I I, I, mean, I know fans probably in the, the game were like, oh my gosh, you know, this is an opportunity for Ineca to really Show up and have an impact, and then and, and it kind of didn't happen. Maybe it completely didn't happen. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but I mean, he, I mean, and to me, he's just I, I can't decide, Kevin, if, if I think he's officiated unfairly or if he's officiated fairly, and he's just always like a, just like a, like an eighth of a tick, you know, slow right. on stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to know. But I, I know I, there, there, it feels like one time a game, at least maybe two, two times a game sometimes where he gets called for a foul, where he's going for a rebound, another guy just falls down, and there's no real, you know, <laughs> contact, and it's like, what, what's going on here? So, yeah, I, I'm not ready to say, like, oh, I think is officiated unfairly. I, I'll just say it feels that way now and then, and it's hard for me to kind of know how that should factor into my evaluation of him not making progress playing without fouling. But it's, you know, he, he'll get a few more games here, presumably, to kind of maybe show what he can do.
0: Try to figure out which way to go with this. Uh, I have a couple. Th- try to process too many things all at once. I'm sorry. Um, okay. How about the the game coming up? Uh, it's kind of an interesting game. Like the next game is Monday versus the Magic. the The Hawks have a interesting stretch here where you know starting tomorrow or Saturday they play three games in ten days, so they're going to catch the Magic on the second half of a back to back coming from Boston where they'll play you're gonna play two games in a row in Boston and then head to Atlanta. Uh but it's maybe it's a bad time to play the Magic. The Magic have won five in a row. Was tonight five or did they get the tonight six tonight was five. No, they tonight got five fun. tonight. But they yeah. won on the road in Boston.
1: They're they're playing well. I mean yeah. they're you know I mean you know and Kara was good. I mean, he, he's, I mean, I know he missed like a million shots in the game. they like how they score 50 points in the first quarter with with him not really making any shots in that game is kind of funny. But if they, their roster just, just, just kind of fits in a way. I mean, they, they're with, with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. not playing, they're terrible at center too. I mean, Bamba's, Bamba was good tonight against Boston. I don't know if you got to see any of it, but he was really physical there, which is not like him. Um, It was uh, Robert Williams first game back, you know, in in, in a long time, and, and they, I think they would kind of match up, you know, with him. But, I mean, you'd think you'd think the Hawks would want to kind of come back and make a point after giving up 50 in the first quarter on Wednesday, you know, in a game where, to me, it looked like, it looked like the Hawks were just a team not ready to play basketball. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't think we need that. For me, uh, from my view, it's like I don't need any more analysis than the fact that they just thought they were, I think they thought they were going to waltz right through that game. You know, it's just the way it looked. I don't know what I don't know what their mindset was, but they looked like they weren't ready. And Now, I mean, I think our, Orlando made a, a lot of shots in the first quarter too. Just like you know, but uh yeah, that, you'd think the Hawks would want to kind of come back and you know pay you know, get have a payback game. You know, we'll we'll see we'll see if that's the case. We'll see if any any of the guys who've been out are ready to play again or not. But yeah, they need to go in that game. You know, that's they need to go in that game. They, I think, they got Chicago on Wednesday and then Detroit on Friday. I think it is. Um, so this is a stretch where they, they need to be getting some wins, even though you know they're, they're struggling with some key guys
0: out. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, Bancaro missing shots, but you know, just the sheer talent and, you know, it's like, Even if he has a rough game, he's got a certain amount of value because you have to commit a really good defender to him. Like you have to take somebody big and and you know, guard Bancaro with that large person because if you put somebody small on him, it's it's kinda over. Like he's you know, for whatever he is, he's massive. He is a big kid and and, you know, if you put somebody small, he he knows how to just kind of physically Dominate them, and it's such a ridiculously young age that, like, the fact Maybe. that they play so many big players around him, I think, is is kind of plays to his strength because you know, either they're going to have the advantage somewhere else or they're going to have the advantage with him because yeah. you, you really can't afford to put somebody small on him.
1: Yeah, and most teams, like, just like the Hawks, did, most teams are just putting their center on him. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, Brad will get mad when he hears this, but Mo Wagner is terrible uh, defensively, right? And he's not he's not impressive offensively either. I mean, they have to play him because that's really all they have. And Mo Bamba is uh, still inconsistent. I'll, I'll say even like tonight he played well in Boston, but it, I mean, it's it it's just kind of you you look at that and you think a little bit like the Hornets should have looked at the Hawks having to play Kaminsky tonight, like let's just go attack the rim, <laughs> let's just go attack the rim, you know, and it's not like the Magic have all of these uh, defensive players that are great at the point of attack, you know. Right. And, and that's how the Hawks got back in that game was they scored a whole bunch of points after the first quarter on, you know, yeah. and, and got got back in it and things like that. So you should be able to put up a, a good number on the scoreboard against that team. You just, you got to go out. I mean, I, I it's kind of funny because when I saw that clip of Steve Clifford taking his team to the woodshed, saying, like, we only <laughs> – I was like, is he only talking about his team or is he also talking about a team that you and I watch, you know, after that Orlando game? You know, the Hawks have been good, like, with Clint and the full roster that, you know, we've talked about. They've been top 12 for most of the season on defense. But, I mean, you can't – I mean, especially when you miss those guys, you can't go out there and not try from the very beginning of the game. this is That's not going to work for you. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Hawks should – most teams would have kind of a, a payback motivation here and we'll we'll see we'll see if that's visible when the game starts on Monday.
0: I mean, how would you approach trying to guard Bancaro with the players that the Hawks have healthy?
1: Um, I, I mean I'd probably put a neck on him. You know. Um they had Hunter on um did they put him on Franz? I'm trying to remember. Uh, or and I think they put AJ on Franz to start the game. Um, Franz basically plays the three there, mm-hmm. and I think they used. Yeah, now I can't. Yeah, I can't. Did they start Hunter on? No,
0: I, yeah, I, I mean, and they, the, they, I, they started Clint on on Von Caro, but like, you right. can't do that now.
1: Right. So I, I mean, I put Aneka on him. You know, yeah. needs. This is an opportunity for Nyeka to step up and do more, contribute more. Um, I still think the world of him, I think young bigs, it's hard, you know. I think it's really hard. He's he's a one and done big young guy. Um he, but they need more from him and he should be, in my mind, in my view, he should be giving them more than he's been giving him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would give him the opportunity to go out there and do the job that that he needs him to do. I you know, as a coach, I wouldn't try to protect him. You know, I would I would give him the same Responsibility to give Clint on Wednesday.
0: That's what I would do. How do you, do you? have a different thought? No, but I like. I was going to sort of make this a two-part question. What did you think of the Hawks' rebound defensive rebounding effort overall tonight? And and how do you get a rebound if if Onyeka has to work the point of attack and he's pulled further away from the rim? Like, uh, are, are they going to be capable of doing that?
1: I start. I probably start Jalen. At the four hundred the three, if you want to get bogey out there at the two, I think that's all fine. Um Orlando's so big, you should be able to find a matchup. Poor Bogey. you know, you know they don't have a lot of guys that drive past you, even like I mean Foltz is tough, you know, but he's just so big and he he knows how to use space so well. But he's still not blowing past guys at this point, you know. Maybe next year, you know, when he's kind of that that much further recovered and had that much more time. Maybe that's an issue. Um, you know, Terrence Ross is looking to get to his step back. Um, Cole Anthony is not a, a speedster. You know, he's got more craft. He's trying to kind of get to his mid-ranger typically. So I, I think you could go Trey, Bogey, Hunter, Jalen, and That's the way I would go. Bring AJ off the bench. Forrest off the bench. Uh, you know. Frank Frank has to play. Uh, you can't go Jalen at the five, Hunter at the four, or anything like that against Orlando. They're just too big. That's how I think. That's how I would approach it.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't really change that at all. I I completely agree. Uh, I I would expect to see Jalen instead of uh, Trent in the starting lineup. That that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what do, what do you have to do to, you know, again. With the magic playing as many big players as they do, you know, if if Fultz is the only small person, how do you survive Trey at the point of attack in that kind of situation or somewhere else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think you have to. I think your your defender, one man away from the ball, has to be helping. You know, you know, at least closing off, um, walling off, kind of the drill penetration. You know, taking space away from that and I, I just think that's really all you can do. If, if Fultz hits, you know gets 20 points on, you know, 13-foot pull-ups, then I think you have to kind of live with that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, Fultz is is not typically very aggressive, kind of on the boards. I think that matters for where you put Trey, you know, like, Trey, sometimes they'll put Trey on a, a power forward that sits in the corner all game long. Right. And if that's a guy who, doesn't have the instinct to go crash the boards when t- Trey's on him then to win for the Hawks. Uh, but I, I I, think they have to put Trey on Fultz to start the game, you know. I, I Maybe you put Bogey on him and figure something else out, but, you know, it's tough.
0: Yeah.
1: They tried to play some zone, but, like, uh, Terrence Ross shot them right out of the zone, you know, the few times <laughs> they went into it. So, you know, and and overall as a team, I think they shot the ball – well, from the three point line that night, you know, so but yeah, they're big, they're big, and I think you have to take advantage of the fact that you get these two days off and kind of start that bigger lineup and push them 34, you know, minute 34 ish minutes the game and try to make that work. I mean, Hawks fans who haven't watched the Magic play much lately might laugh at that, but they're on a good stretch. Now, it's kind of funny, I wanted to make a point, and somebody, this is a decent time to do that, about how. NBA, I think, feel like NBA fans don't realize how grinding the NBA season is. We talk about now and then that Boston lost to Orlando. Like Boston just got back off of a hellacious West Coast road trip. They're, they are exhausted, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So Orlando caught them, you know, right. and, and that's just how the league works. And I, I think across the season, most teams get roughly the same number of games against opponent. That's just in a bad spot schedule wise and travel wise, you know, and all that sort of stuff, but. You get. I mean, give credit to Orlando for going out there and winning a game that that was um, winnable. You know, for them, despite how well Boston's been playing playing all year long. But to your point earlier, like this week, the Hawks should, from a rest perspective, should be in pretty good shape. I have no idea if JC might play at some point this week or Clint. You know, I would yeah, guess. That,
0: I would not be shocked if Clint came back first. Just you know, based yeah. on sort of watching the players in warmups and and things like that, that, that wouldn't be a huge shock to me the way Nate and Nate was talking tonight. Like, I don't know. He said something in his pregame presser that kind of short circuited whatever the original PR timeline was when it came out. So, uh, you know, injuries are injuries. You can't really predict them, but I I think maybe Clint's feeling better than whatever the initial diagnosis was. And you know, with the ankle sprain on John, it might take a little bit longer. And, there was a clip. Oh, it it, it was uh, it was the game winner when when uh, AJ hit his layup and Dejounte came rushing off the bench. and said, like, oh my goodness, Dejounte, dude, you, eighty five years old. Yeah, he was like, you know, he had a very uneven gait to sprint to celebrate there, and he didn't have the boot on at that point. I don't think either. So it was, uh, I don't know. Maybe it might take him a while too. Maybe yeah, he I, was just I wouldn't to be, be a shot Everybody flipping around. I don't know. What's that? Yeah. It didn't look good, but maybe he was just trying to be careful with like everybody
1: jumping around, you maybe. know. Yeah, but it looked, it looked. I was like, Ew, he looks like he's
0: got a ways to go <laughs> mm-hmm. when I saw that. So we'll see. But yeah, yeah, Clint wouldn't surprise me if if he kind of just came back, even though he's the last one to get injured. If he was the first one back, it wouldn't be a shock that's good news because man he's everything to them right
1: now it's you know yeah i, I put out a tweet earlier today that i, I listened to you i didn't I get to the whole low post segment and exactly and does a great podcast there, there are some of his guests that will drive me crazy and i just can't listen depending on who the guest is I, we won't have to get into who's who's on my bad list i <laughs> so you know but bobby marks is i you know a, I, he's a, just has good grasp of kind of the rhythm of the league, the timing of things, when you know when things you know can start to move it. So I thought it was interesting, but but, but I mean, and, and, and they were probably trying to get through the segment quickly. But Zach was just like they're bad, you know, and I was like, I, I said I was like anyone who just says the Hawks are bad and leaves it that. Don't listen to them, you know. When the Hawks have their starting five, um, they when they've had all five of their starters in the game, they're on a fifty. They they win. They're winning at a fifty game pace. I think they're plus plus nine point seven net rating with those five on the court. So when they ha- when they have their starters now with Bogey back and AJ, um, in and, and AJ and Bogey being back takes a little pressure off Jalen. You have the option to slide Hunter to the floor. with Cl- I like that, defense on the floor more. Um, yeah, they're they're good. That group is good. Uh, now, whether the the team's in a better mental space now than they were two weeks ago, I have no idea, you know, what the kind of the chemistry is like right now. I have no idea. I I think anyone who has watched or played or participated in sports will say winning always helps the mood and the chemistry and and all that sort of stuff. So I saw, you know, hopefully they're getting in a better direction than where things seem to be a week and a half, two weeks ago. But I'll say this, when they have their top seven guys, they're good. They're they're good. Um and especially like with less ISO recently when they have Clint organizing on defense. Um and they especially when they have John, they're pretty tough defensively. So I I just I push back on people just wanting to say their Hawks are a bad team. Their their depth is not what you'd want. We know that's about the tax. Uh, you know, that's obvious. I I think. I said that. Kevin didn't say that, I said that. <laughs> um and so they need everything. they need they need everybody healthy because they don't really have, like, a veteran unless they're 9th, 10th, 11th guy on the roster that they can just kind of kind of drop in. Thankfully, like, Trent Forrest has contributed nicely, and they've gotten a game or one or two good games from Jared Culver, you know. and, and they that can't like- – Oh, AJ's like, all, yeah. I yeah, when you're putting together this family.
0: roster, you can't pencil somebody in and say, oh, well, this, this rookie is just going to come in and, and be solid and, and be like an unbelievable shooter and, uh, you know, can, can do a little bit of shooting on the move and, you know, not fall apart defensively. And like, they've gotten so much more out of him than they really reasonably could yeah. have expected coming yeah, into the so- season.
1: So yeah, they're starting five, six is Boogie, seven is AJ, eight is Yucca. I think they've gotten, gotten a lot more from AJ than Yucca across this season. That gets you to eight. Jalen's your ninth guy. You know, Aaron Holiday is probably, I think, your 10th guy. You know, uh, Forrest has been taking some minutes. But Aaron was good tonight. Aaron Holiday was good tonight, you yeah. know. Um, so when they have that, all of that, they're good. They're a good team. Now, unfortunately good teams that have serious goals typically are better 11 12 13 before you know they're they're stronger in there they have better options there the hawks don't you know i mean uh uh, beat is a project you know culver's a
0: two-way guy they've had to play a lot you know for a few games you haven't even said justin holiday i don't know where is this where's he gonna fit in here
1: they need they need Justin. They okay. it, now I, I'm not saying that Justin should be playing at this point in his career, whatever. Seventeen minutes a game off the bench, you know, getting the most minutes off the bench. But like those possessions at the end of that Chicago game, like Justin, like we talked about that possession where they uh, where Bogey fouled DeRozan, Justin handling the switches and in, in just knowing exactly what to do on the defensive possession, even though it had a bad result. And then Justin you know Justin knowing exactly what to do to help pull all of that attention up to Trey. Um, Justin knows what Justin knows how to play, you know. I'm like you, know, like stop running floppy with Justin to the court. Just stop, you know. <laughs> what are we doing, you know? Especially before Bogey came back, you're like you're running floppy for Aaron and come on, get, you know. What are we doing here? So there's some things like that that drive me crazy. But there, in close games, when you have like a, a special situation, a, you know short clock. ATO defense or offense, you know, he's going to do exactly what you need him to do. And and that's something that you're not ready to trust Jalen with. You know, uh, that down that inbound pass was great, but if it comes to setting a screen without fouling, knowing what the rule is about when you're setting a screen from the back, that you have to give, you know, there's a lot of intricacy. And there's a lot of complexity that kind of goes into that, and they need a guy like Justin to throw out on the court in situations like that. So I know people were mad when Justin played a whole bunch of minutes. Uh, I can't remember which game it was. Um, I get, oh, I guess it was Memphis. I guess they were like, why don't you play the young guys? It's like Justin needs to play. Like he he needs to have a chance to get some rhythm and get some reps. You know, there's nothing wrong with Justin playing a lot in that Memphis game, but they they need him. I don't. I I understand not making him a, you know, main piece off the bench right now, but they need they need him. You know, in my view.
0: So, uh, I had a segue and I forgot what it was, but <laughs> I was like, I'm too long winded. That's why. Somewhere in there, I was thinking, you know, what I'm really excited. Oh, I, anyway, let, let 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 me start with this. You know, since you were talking sort of big picture about this Hawks team, uh, like the strength of the team is that when they play that starting lineup, they're good. And the reason they're good or the main reason, in my opinion, that they're good is that, that, you know, John and Clint together on defense have just given them a ton. Like that's that's what they've done. Well, those two guys playing defense, that's that's something that a lot of teams just can't handle. And you know, they get a reasonable amount from Trey and they've gotten a reasonable amount from DeJounte, even though Trey and John can't hit jump shots for whatever reason. But what I'm excited to see, what I I think can kind of grease things here is that, you know, Trey and DeJounte have been fine. They haven't set the world on fire together. They haven't been a complete disaster. And when they've played with John and Clint, it's been good. I want to see them with bogey. Like when you can somehow make it work that you don't have to have DeAndre out there to guard, you know, whatever 1A guy you need him to guard. Like, I want to see trade and DeJounte with Bogey. I'm really curious to see that because he just gives them a different element. To have a motion shooter, to have somebody that defenses have to actually actively keep your head on on the weak side is going to give them a different look. And we haven't gotten to see it yet, and, and I'm really – eager to see what that looks like
1: yeah i am too and i and i like the idea you know that they've been running more uh like three one pick and roll you know or one three pick and roll however you want to call that and bogey is awesome at ghosting that screen or touching that screen or whatever you want them to do and kind of relocating and finding that spot to spot up and hunter's good at that too hunter's really really good at that and so if you need a little bit more offense because of the matchup then bogey's there or because of the score, you're down 10 points in the third quarter or whatever. If you need more defense because the other team throws a lot at you, you know, multiple initiators and creators, especially if they're bigger, you can go hunter. you can, you can kind of switch back and forth. The other thing for me is that if the other team is starting to put bogey in space and make him change direction, like that becomes real problematic. Then then you, you have the, like having the option to go, we're going to go hunter. If that's the right thing, bogey, if that's the right thing, both when that's an op- when that's an option too, you know, if that's what we can do. But you know, that but to have a if the coaching staff is tactical enough with all of that to be able to say, Oh, the other team is putting bogey in a really bad spot defensively. This is not good. Let's put Hunter back out there and let him run all that one and three stuff. Um, if the other team's letting bogey just hug the guy in the weak side corner, <laughs> you know, and not do much more than that, then re- play bogey for fourteen straight minutes and you know, in, in my mind. So that's the, that's what the team needs is like everybody to be available because of the kind of the options and the choices that kind of, kind of come that way. So long as the coaching staff is on top of, you know, adjustments and tweaks and uh, countering kind of what the other team is kind of, kind of forcing and not forcing. So, but I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, for, for the stretch that things are going well from one loss perspective, it was basically top. 10 11 in defense about 21st to 23rd in offense and just bogey coming back i think gives them a shot sounds crazy one guy but get the league average on offense like they need that shooting they need that moving they need that better in play and on top of that i think you know if if trey is a little disconnected from the rest of the team or whatever bogey seems to kind of have the touch with trey just to kind of keep him engaged keep him communicating and things like that i think that makes a big difference too
0: all right uh onto the homestand i guess five out of six at home and we'll see anything else you want to add before we cut out i
1: don't think so it's just a nice light win some things in the game made me laugh tonight which was a great way to end the week laughing at kelly ubray jacking three pointers with frank just standing at the free throw line on defense, right? but now on defense. so i appreciate the kind of the light hearted game tonight uh, and uh would have been a little harder to deal with Hawksman on Twitter, I think, if it stayed close the whole way. But thankfully the Hawks kinda got back out there. So and then knock on wood will be Clint soon, JC soon, and DeAndre whenever he looked I agree with you, he looked rough when they were celebrating that AJ. <laughs> game but hopefully that's not a representation of how close he is or isn't. So get these guys back and have some uh, have some good Hawks basketball to watch. I'm 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 reading for that.
0: All right. Have a good night, Glenn. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Kevin.